Stick a pony in me pocket I'll fetch the suitcase from the van Cause if you want the best is that you don't ask questions Then brother, I'm your man Cause where it all comes from is a mystery It's like the changing of the seasons on the tides of the sea But he's the one that's driving me berserk Why do only fools and horses work? La 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 Au revoir, everybody. Au revoir. Hello. Welcome to the Jolly Boys podcast with Ed, Bailey, and Tom, and James. Uh, how are you all? You had good weeks? What have you been up to? Bailey, well, you got a new addition, haven't you? Well, it's been a very, very special week for me because we've got a new addition to the Jolly Boys podcast, and it's a little Italian greyhound, six weeks old, called Albert. Albert? <laughs> I thought, thought you called it Italian Louis. No, no, it's an yeah, Albert nice. name, named after yeah, Uncle nice, Albert. Eh? Probably never with yeah. that beard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, he's sat on my lap now, having a nice little rest, listening to us waffle about only fools and horses. I think we, yeah. I think I've sent him to sleep. Yeah, yeah. he's asleep now, yeah. Yeah, he's a cute, cute, cute puppy. What about you guys? What have you been up to? Uh, just working, really. And looking forward to this this evening, doing a podcast we've waited for a few yeah. weeks to do since the Sue interview. Yeah, I've just been counting down the days we all get together again. I like that we're doing these podcasts now uh, because our overnights, as we called them before, uh, are more frequent. Yeah. You know, we're only doing it sort of once every couple of months, but obviously we get together now, uh, for, obviously for the benefit of our listeners as well for this podcast. Well, I went to London on Friday and I was at Tobacco Dock. Nice. Where, um, Uncle Albert, famously. You named the episode? Oh, I know it. I can, I can oh, name I it. it. I just got it. Oh, you got it. He ain't heavy. He's my Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's interesting actually to see it because you could see all those buildings that there was going to be new development. Looks great. Yeah, does it look exactly the same? Kind of, but there's a lot more new buildings now. So it's red railings, isn't there? Sort of, yeah. Or red balcony. Right? And you've got the old ships there as well. Is it all residential houses now or is it used commercially for businesses? It's commercial. Well, it's a lot of commercial there. Can you imagine the price to live there, though? Where about in London, is it? It's. I don't want to say, actually, but I, I got to edit in. I don't know. Well, so it's just in London. It's down by the riverside, isn't it? <laughs> That'll do. Right, move on. Yeah. Right, so we should probably explain this is technically episode one. We've had a lot of feedback on. By the way, thank you for your feedback on Twitter, Instagram. Facebook. Um, we've had some feedback saying you missed an episode where our pilot was meant to be episode one, but because we didn't really know what we were doing, we kind of went off topic a little bit. We covered a lot of the Big Brother in the pilot quiz, didn't yeah, we? So we I think therefore we thought, yeah, we thought we sort of covered it, didn't we? But it was, I think it was, confusing. yeah, it was confusing to a lot of our listeners out there thinking that they missed an episode. So we thought that we'd do it for you today. But this, so this is our basically our proper third episode. So we've done the bonus one, which is like the more mistakes from the first episode. Now we're on, this is episode one. This is the start. So listen to this first. No, listen to the pilot. <laughs> then listen to this one. <laughs> then listen to this one. Then listen to Sue Holden's uh, interview uh, on episode three. 
Put it this way. Oh, the next Press episode. Unsubscribe. <laughs> subscribe again. Put it this way. The next episode we'll do is the second time around, which is episode four, series one. And we've got to do cash and carry. We've done Big Brother one and a half times, call it. All right. We still need to do cash and carry, though, don't we? Uh, yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that again. We did actually do cash and carry, but that's so the awful. Net- <clears throat> Yeah. Nice to delete it. There was a lot of uh, we were tired issues with their mic as well, wasn't there? There was a lot tired. of issues with the mic, but we've actually another addition to the podcast family. Bailey's only gone and bought a bloody mic as well. <laughs> oh, there you go, you see. And do you know what? I don't know if you, anyone noticed. You probably didn't. Hopefully, but when every time we move the microphone, some speaker, it's like an internal. <laughs> like <that>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that like from Star Trek, um, which is mortifying. <laughs> the first time I was going through the edit. I was absolutely mortified to hear that the sound quality was good. I didn't know. Do the noise again enough? I'll do it. Do it again every time someone tweeting <laughs> for speaking. Um, so, so, guys, we've our podcast is now live on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Castbox. Okay, guys, I had a, I had a tweet from a guy a couple of days ago who likes to listen to his podcasts. And he was he was asking if our podcast is available on a platform called Acast. Have you ever heard of that before? Uh, yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of Acast. Can we can we make that happen for this on the spot for this I think chat? It should be on there. Have a look. I mean, I'll download Acast. Have a look. I'll tell you what. While you guys are talking, I'll tell you what. Little Albert here. He did a piddle on your carpet. Oh, I just stood on it. And, <laughs> and that relates to when and when Rodney sat down in Albert's. One yeah. of us set in and he peed it. He peed it. Why do you always keep repeating it? You sound like Joy's bunny. <gasps> I've had a quick look into ACAST. It looks like I can add it to it. Brilliant. So I will add all the shows to it. So I think Who, that, what's that, his name? Um Not matter. Yeah, don't 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 ask for that, because I think it's got quite a complicated handle. Someone like Willie Willy Warmer eighty nine underscroll. Underscroll. Oh. <laughs> Underscroll. Okay. I need to get a new tattoo with that, don't I? Sorry. Rodney and Grandad are bickering in the opening scene. Quite a common theme with... It, it sets off a bit of a... Um, tone D- downer. <laughs> the tone of the relationship, because you can see that Dale Boy's clearly in charge of the family, and Rodney and Grandad are like the kids, and yeah. you're already sort of figuring out you know, the dynamic, because you watch it for the first time, first ever episode. Yeah. And <clears throat> it is much like children. You've got how many times have kids argue about the TV, about what yeah. channels on, who's got the, you know, these days iPads on. And then Del Boy sort of casually walks in and he's got that sort of air of authority about him, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and his first bit of French, French, and that's a civil play, civil play. What, what an enigma. What an enigma. I get better looking every day. Can't, Can't wait, wait till tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Have a little line back, isn't it? It is. Civil play, civil play, what an enigma. I get better looking every day. Oh, can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> what I think is interesting about this is the first time you see where they live and you get to see the space of the flat and you see how busy it is and how cluttered it is by all these different things that they're trying to sell at the moment and it obviously changes throughout each episode, but it is very interesting to see. You have things that are the mainstays there, like the phone. I think that pretty much stays the same, doesn't it? Or is that different? No, the phone changes. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's one of those, I don't know what they're called, but it's got a separate yeah. earpiece to it. Yes, yeah. Like a but I think that there, there are more than two phones throughout oh. the whole thing, but it'd be interesting to um, find out. Calendar. Who's that on the calendar? Do we know? 
Can you this? Is it topless? No, it's in a bikini, yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I Didn't they censor that, that out on some TV? Oh, yeah, I think so, guys. yeah. It's not very PC to have 60s that now. 60s curtains. So a mixture but, of 60s, 70s and 80s fashion, I think. I, flat. I think those curtains are constant. Yeah, I think yeah, they're, yeah, they're definitely in um, Danger UXD, yeah. aren't they? I think. Yeah, and although I don't think they'd be overly bothered about changing curtains because it's not something that three blokes live on their own would think. They would know. They, they also just think that um, you can imagine that their mum got those and put those yeah. up. I've never from... noticed, but there's a sign on the back wall saying hot dogs a pound. Uh, burgers £1.50. I was literally about to say time, that. The first time I've seen that, that sign. They'd obviously tr- been out trying to sell hot dogs. Yeah. I was always impressed with the, um, looking out of the window, looking at the other tower block and sort of London City in the background. Mm. It's quite a convincing set though, isn't yeah, it, I think? It's quite, it is very convincing, actually. Very. So ultimately... Um, <clears throat> especially at Christmas, like the Christmas episodes, and then looking out there and... Um, Thinking about where they're going to go next. Oh, yeah. Tom, what um, date was this originally aired? 8th of September, 1981. 81? Shall I just quickly read off the synopsis? You know, just... Yeah. Go for it. So the classic... This is this is on the back of Bailey's um, uh, limited edition um, DVD. The classic episode that first brought the Trotter family to our TV screens. Dell buys a consignment of old English vinyl briefcases from Trigger, but soon realises why they were so cheap. And after another family row, Rodney decides it's time to, for a move to Hong Kong. Hong Kong? It's in China. <laughs> These earlier episodes did only really have sort of one plot and then everything around it. But as the show progressed, you'd, you'd have a couple of yeah. subplots, wouldn't you? So? It is quite a simple episode, isn't it, this one? It kind of, what you see is what you get with it. Yeah. But Rodney's hair is very 70s, despite that this is a, would you say it was 1981? Yeah, just released episode. I think people always got that hangover from the previous decade of what was in, you know, clothing, yeah. fashion. But Dale's always prim and proper, isn't he? Yeah. He, Even he, though what he's wearing is probably tacky and knocked off. He's got his Dan Dare t-shirt on there, Rodney, that he wears his pyjamas. Yeah, that's clothes. right. A worn, a very worn leather jacket. No, you feel a bit sorry for itself. You brought, um, or you, you sent a picture of the uh, picture of the elephant in the on the, the framed elephant that they've got in the trot flag. Oh yeah, I can't remember what artist that's by now, but it's, yeah, I think it's quite a popular print. Mm. I mean, anything like that. I mean, like the um, cigar cookie jar of the dog. Yeah, like, that's that's a lot of money to buy now. Yeah, ceramic tacky thing, which you go on eBay. That's at least seventy or eighty quid. Don't need to get choicey. The barmaid. The barmaids. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because they really use barmaids later on. Well, in the later episodes, it's all Mike. That's true, Mike. With um... she does look a bit like a stripper, though. <laughs> <laughs> with a leopard print bikini slash top on. I'm for the old Bella Spree, really, aren't I? Actually, I should quite like old Joycey. I mean, fair play, she's a bit of an old dog, but <laughs> there again, you know, I quite like old dogs. I mean, you know where you are with them, don't you? Eh? They never ask you if you still respect them in the morning. And always lends you a knicker for petrol, you know. No surprise that Dow Boy uh, grabs her hand and starts kissing it, trying to work over some. The line I, I like in this is where she goes, Do you want it in glasses? He says, yes, please, why is it drip of three fingers? <laughs> Morning, Dow Boy. Bonjour, Joycey. Two half pints of your finest low carbohydrate beer. Thank you, thank you, John. Do you want it in glasses? Yes, please, otherwise it dribbles through your fingers. <laughs> and now, as we're, cause we're watching this, um, they're now in the pub for the first time. First time we see the nag's head, yeah. 
Space Invaders in the background. Rod, Rodney's dwelling on his sort of career potential here, isn't he? He's, he's 23. Look at him there, he looks completely at home. It doesn't look like this is my first time at the pub. I've just noticed that. Yeah, that's a good point, Jim. Yeah, um, I mean, that's a quite a common thing people bring up now. Like, Rodney's 23, as quoted in this series in a later episode. <clears throat> and Trigger walks in, who seems quite with it, doesn't he? Miss. Yeah. We talk about character, character development. You know, when you when you're first writing a comedy, you don't, if it's gonna progress, you don't know how it, how you're gonna develop those characters yourself, are you? No. Trigger's relatively not quick witted, but he's he's a businessman. He's selling he's selling stuff. He's sweeper by day and he's a tradesman at weekend, I guess. I just noticed that Dell's got a very bland drink. He ordered two pints. He yeah, didn't order. Yeah. I reckon John Sullivan must have looked back at this and thought, "Well, oh, there's something else missing. One of it, like an exotic drink." Yeah. He's not as flash, um, is he? No, he's not. I mean, he's got the jewellery and he's got the coat and he's got the uh, the gelled back hair. But yeah, he hasn't got uh, a glass with an umbrella in it on this one. Can, can, really I, can, can I just say something a minute? I'm, yeah, I'm still recording, but I'm just going to take the cheese out of the oven. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll wait then. <laughs> I'll wait. Guys, isn't this the episode where it's allegedly Tessa Pete Jones sat inside the nag's head when Dale and Rodney walk in? Is it? Well, we did. I think, it's been just, I think it's been um, proved as... That's look like it, doesn't it? I think John Sullivan confirmed in an interview it wasn't. Has she got a twin sister? Well, if she has, then... To be fair, it, there are resemblance... There is a resemblance to the Raquel in Dates, which is obviously her first appearance, isn't it? Which is quite young. Mm. If, only the, if only they released this on 4K, it would be that much sharper, we could tell, but... Looks like her, sounds like her. It could be. It, it, sounds, it sounds like it could it be her. Like, uh, you don't think it does? So we're about to meet Trigger. Yeah, what are they talking about now? Because I can't remember. In a nutshell, Rodney's dwelling on his career prospects and, and Dell's... Or lack of. Or lack of. And Dell's trying to sort of look at the bright side, but Rodney's a little bit sceptical, but a little bit sarcastic about what, what Dell's trying to say, I think. What I, find, what I find interesting about the scene where Trigger turns up with the briefcase is, I just think I saw out of character because he's never once throughout the rest of the Only Fours and Horses series been involved with any business so that I can so think yeah. of, unless he just happened to get lumbered with these suitcases. But he does come across as being quite intelligent in this episode, which is even more confusing. The paint, though, he sells down with paint, doesn't he? Oh, that's true. He sells the tunnel paint. <clears throat> yeah. I guess so, but he does... Trigger doesn't come across as a shrewd businessman, but like I say, maybe he's just somehow been lumbered with them to, to try and sell off. Guys, do we think that John Sullivan created the character Trigger specifically for Roger Lloyd Pack? Because he's definitely got a certain look about him, hasn't he? And there's the scene where Rodney says to Dale, why do they call him Trigger? Is it because he carries a gun? And Dale turns around and says, no, because it looks like a horse. And I just, yeah, I didn't know if you guys knew anything about that. I don't know. I don't know. Tom, I know. If anyone's going to know, it's no. not Tom. I don't at all. I just think writers will write certain parts for certain actors and actresses and they've got them in mind. Obviously, with, with David Jason, he was the first choice. He took some persuading 
um, by uh, Ray, but if Jim Broadbent was going to be playing Del Boy, mm. um, I mean, if, Jim, if Jim Broadbent became Del Boy, he, him and Ronnie would look more like brothers than. I can't. I can't imagine a life where Jim Broadbent is Del Boy. But do you think? Sorry. Do you think that's because Del and Ronnie look so unlike each other that gave Johnson the idea of writing this whole Freddie the Frog thing? Probably. Probably, yeah. But can you imagine Boise being called anything other than Boise or Marlene or they? They because they fit so well their characters and we love them no. for who they are. You just can't imagine them with like any different names. So that's. Probably because of, you know they're such good actors. The exceptional thing about Falls and Horses is the surrounding characters. They're brilliant. Mm. Like a lot of modern comedies have that element missing. You've got the one or two main characters, and the surrounding characters are just there just to, for the dialogue and to, to fit the storyline. But Falls and Horses, it's not. It's, it's characters outside Dylan Rockney, Albert and Grand that are great. Sue touched on that as well, didn't she? In episode two. Mm. Yes. Mm. You could see there as well, he's starting to get a bit more jewellery, because I'm not sure he had that jewellery on in the first scene, did he? Um, he was getting no. money, mm. He's got like the, uh, what's that called? Sovereign. Yeah, oh, I, think they're definitely, I think John Sullivan's <laughs> definitely trying hard to establish Dell's character and his personality by what he's wearing and all the jewellery that he's got on. Didn't Dell work with the costume designer and went out shopping for like the tackiest? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I remember reading about that in his source of biography. He definitely succeeded. David Jason did say he had, had a character in mind, didn't he, that he used to know of. Yes. What he used to say, write about what you know. Yeah. He was famous yeah. for saying that, wasn't he? But Delboy knew someone as well like this when he was youngster, didn't he? He was a bit flashy. Mm. That's so they're right. kind of like an amalgamation of David Jason and John Sullivan's ideas. Yeah. I, think, I think David Jason had much for saying the character. <laughs> as probably John Sullivan did, which is why they all got on and so well. Like, the, the cast still get together now. Yeah. And they're, like Sue said last week, they wouldn't, we've all agreed they wouldn't do it unless John had done it. Just shows how much trust they had in each other as sort of writers and actors. I remember John Chalice saying in his autobiography that back when this was shot, back in the you know, late 70s, early 80s, all the... Uh, Second-hand car salesmen were idolised, and they were the people to be in you know in that time of life. So I think they sort of dressed Dal up to try and look like a second-hand car trader, because that was a that was a sign of success. Does that occur? To, well, it occurred to me for many years. I started watching Falls and at a very young age, but Granite just does wear his pajamas the whole time. Yeah. When I was a kid, I just thought it was just some scruffy shirt, but it is actually pajamas with a. So we got to the um, part where. Trigg's trying to sell these briefcases, about 25, aren't they? And um, Rodney's a little bit unsure about them. Dale's persuading them, old English final. And they have a little bit of a comical negotiation uh, moment, don't they? And Trigg negotiates down and uh, gets them for quite a good price. But we obviously find out later on why they're a good price. I'll tell you what I like about that scene is... Dale Boy's personality comes through at its height when he's examining the briefcases. He's talking them up, isn't he? He's talking them up in his mind so he knows exactly what he's going to say to the punters he's going to try selling them to. Rogers, what do you think it is? Infradig, in it, eh? It's plastics. Plastics. Old English vinyl. <laughs> do we think uh, Trigg knew about the dodgy briefcases? Do you think he'd have the foresight to even look at I don't it? think he'd even open them. I thought, I've got briefcases there, I'll try and sell them. The Trigger yeah. we know, as it progressed, he would have just gone, oh, no, it did. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, he, I don't think Trigger's a malicious character. 
you know, and if and if he was, I don't think he'd stitch up Dalboy well, because they're quite close uh, friends, aren't they? You can imagine in later if this if this plot line came up in say series six, it would just get massive laughs because mm. Trigger's bought these briefcases. Yeah, he just doesn't think to look for a combination. So now they're back at the flat, and this is the famous Emperor Burger cheeseburger. This is a cheeseburger. Oh, it's for an Emperor Burger. Couldn't afford an Emperor Burger. Yeah. He got me a cheeseburger. <laughs> what? I asked him for an Emperor Burger and he brings me back a cheeseburger. Yes, hang, on, hang on a minute, Spiros. Will you just hang on? Look, here, what's he on about now? He asked me to get him an Emperor Burger, but I couldn't afford it, so I got him a cheeseburger. Bloody Emperor Burgers and cheeseburgers. I'm trying to do a deal here. Now shut up, will you? Does anybody know what an Emperor Burger is? No, I have no idea what an empty burger is. It can't, can't be that horrible. I reckon Leonard Pierce is just being a bit fussy. But he eats it in the end, doesn't he? Yeah, he, eats he quite happily, happily eats it. it. I think, yeah. Shall I Google what an emperor burger well, is? Yeah, go on then. We'll let you know. Ingredient by ingredient. It's what's inside an emperor burger. burger. Of some kind, isn't it? I wonder if it's got some sort of like pineapple or bacon in it or something like that. Oh, that'd be like a Hawaiian burger, wouldn't it? Mm. Right, let's find out what it is. Like a right. fiction. I'm sure I yeah. Just to hope. That is one tasty burger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, <laughs> first thing I Google was Emperor Burger is Leonard Pierce and Big Brother Ringo Noses. Or maybe it's a made up burger then. Uh, maybe they'd have the right to, to quote a Big Mac or whatever. Yes. Oh, it's a fictional food. Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe the establishment it came from was called Empire and it was their own special burger. True, uh, that's a good shout. Or some wimpy burger eat you have to remember, Leonard Pierce probably smoked in, in the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. Like most people smoke, don't they? 40s. Different generation, isn't it? So, because um, fewer people are smoking now, that's why people look a bit fitter and healthier at 69 these days, I guess. I think if he put a suit on and shaved his moustache, I think he'd, he'd transform and look into well, something completely in different. In real life, he was quite upper class. Yeah, he's, yeah he's very well spoken. The sad thing is that he was quite a lonely man. He didn't have any family other than really? his um, um, landlady and her daughter, I think. Really? That's what I've, I've read, yeah. I think I'm sure the listeners will be able to verify that. If you want to. Until he starred in this, probably, because I'm sure he made loads of friends starring in Only Fours and Horses. I don't think he had a big family. Um, Did you do a lot of other work? Or was it just like, like stage work? He and Buster Merrifield were in the same film. Oh, were they? Off. Yeah, I do, I do know he did a couple of films prior to this. Basically, but there's not much of him around on the net if you try searching for him. It's the same as Buster Merrifield. Yeah. Buster, yeah. So Leonard, Leonard Pierce and, and Buster Merrifield <laughs> were in a show for a Nightingale, and it's um, that's right. The mid '80s crime drama mystery show. What date was that time? Mid '80s was it? Mid '80s. Um, well, 1984. So okay. like the year he passed. And uh, yeah, they're even in the same episode. And out, uh, Buster's got no beard. It's just—it's bizarre. It's unrecognisable almost. Can't imagine without a beard. Being, uh... That's that's crazy that they worked together previously. Because mm. I remember how Buster Merrifield became a part of the cast because he used to be a banker, didn't he, for mm. for John Sullivan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, John must have must have known known of him somehow. Well, I think with casting, well, it's, thought... it's locked down to the director. It's not. I mean. Ray Butt is a bit of an old school boy, wouldn't he? I think he would have known. Well, then, having said that, Sue Holden said just last week that she didn't audition for the part. Someone knew her because she saw it, but maybe yeah. maybe someone watched uh, Leonard in his 
show and saw uh, Buster as well. <laughs> but didn't Buster approach? He wrote a letter, didn't he? Yeah, I think, I think he did. Saying, I'm, I hope you don't mind find this in person, but I'd, I'd really like to audition for Eva to replace Leonard. I'm yeah. sure that was... Is that what happened? So yeah, he, he applied for it after, after Leonard Pierce had passed away? Well, I hope so. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying is I didn't know if he wrote saying, I really want to be a part of your show. I think he or... did. He, he did. He was quite apologetic. Saying, yeah, he was, like... it was most definitely after Leonard, because John Sullivan said that he was considering... Um, Retired. Female, well, a female actor. Yeah, was he? Elderly but he didn't like the idea of Dan Rodney mistreating us so like they do with you know, Grand yeah, Grand yeah. essentially. Um, but yeah, but back on topic, um, Dan and Rodney are having, a, having it out now, aren't they? A little bit. Rodney's fed up being treated like a kid. Um, well, this is where you find out their their relationship before we get to where they are on any horse and horses, where Dell looked after Rodney a lot when he was younger because you know his mum passed away and his dad was never there. Let me remind you, Rodney, that you were a six-year-old little nipper when God smiled on Mum and made her die. <laughs> Two months after that, Dad packed his bags and left us to fend for ourselves. It was me that kept us together. Nothing to do with Grandad. It was now a work lamplighter waiting for gas to make a comeback. <laughs> and now, Rodney is, Rodney is going to be... Roddy, he called him Nanny Roddy. <laughs> he only calls him Roddy. Look, <laughs> how, how how many Barneys have they had before this moment to, for Rodney to want to sort of run away or make out he's gone to Hong Kong? What do you mean? Oh, Hong character Kong. introduction. They pack so much into Del, so, don't they? Hmm. Dale has shown his shrewdness by hiding his passport in advance because he knows Rodney is king, and that's an element of controlling, right there, isn't it? Yeah, he's he doesn't want, he doesn't want Rodney to leave, him, does he? But he makes him feel bad by saying, "I looked after you all these years." Just, just, just observing the uh, trot of flat here. Um, we've said in previous podcasts that you know it will the, the decor will change. First of all, the doors are blue, um, and they turn yellow, don't they? But any any fans who've been to the convention um, will have probably had their picture taken in the uh, built-up studio flat. I know I have. Yeah, I have as well. It's great. It's, it's amazing all the some of the brutal props they've got. But there's never. I don't get why they haven't got that second door to Grandad's room, which becomes Rodney's room. I've always. I don't know if. Uh, what, well, let's ask him. Let's ask. We'll him have to ask. That. We'll have to ask him. When we interview him, we have to make sure we write that down as one of the questions. I have another. I, well, I, Perry, where is your second door? <laughs> well, also, I brought the um, limited edition Jolly Boys bus, which is done to a T, apparently, to every single aspect, but. What, I think you've heard me say this before. Yeah, so it hasn't got the table. <laughs> it hasn't got the table. <laughs> that bloody table. They don't put it in That phone is just so garish, isn't it? There's lots of shots of showing Dale's whole body, mm. holding the gold phone, bracelet, sovereign. And he's changed his clothes about three or four he times. He does look quite fashionable, though, doesn't he, for the time? Yeah, you don't think he looks out of place at all. No. Yeah. Because how old is he meant to be in this? In his 30s? He uh, says he's 30. Don't tell him I'm 35. Although yeah. the actor, I think he's close Well, how many years is there between Dylan and Rodney? Can you remember? 12. Okay, well, Rodney's 23 in this. Yeah. So there you go. Well, you Rodney, did the Rodney actually mentions he's 23. <laughs> Dale's, I mean, the, the David Jason, I think, is close to 40 in this. But yeah, he's passed for 35. Fine. He's a good bloke, though, really. He's quite stylish. 
Do you get the impression that it's not the first time Rodney's run away from home, judging by yeah. how Dale reacts I think, in the beginning? Yeah. Well, head tied in the passport, I guess. He's got two necklaces on now, look. Sorry, I'm going to sound like I'm absolutely obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a D and then he's got a cross. What's with Leonard Pierce's like, yeah, bandage around his neck? It's a scarf. Is it a scarf? Yeah, it's this little scarf, because that's oh. the same scarf they used to um, tie up the car when the, uh, what's her name, is stranded. And they tow her home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mind the old. Yeah. There you go, a bit of cross trivia. Don't think I knew that one. And there you go, see? Rodney's gone, uh, allegedly, um, has fled to Hong Kong. Hong Kong. It's in China. It, it obviously, for the sake of the script, we, we we don't know that they haven't put that um, Dell's hidden the passport. But in their in their universe, in their world, he would have said, "Don't worry, he's not gone on because there's the passports here." Obviously, we don't find out until we mm. see Rodney come back. You wouldn't have an episode then, I know. But has has he hidden his passport? Yeah. So when Rodney comes back, yeah. he's, he's a little bit like you know, oh, old place doesn't change. Yeah, he's been gone <laughs> six days. Yeah. Might seem like six days to you, Dale, but it's more like a week. Um, he makes out like he's been to Saint-Tropez, yeah. south of France, and he met some bird called Veronica, or whoever, whoever he says, and Dale lets him, uh, you know, spout all of this bull rubbish, and says, uh, the one thing you've got is your passport. That's not verbatim, I know. And he let Rodney sort of essentially, you know, lie his way through where he's been really beaten. But I thought Rodney just forgotten it. Dale hadn't taken it. You knew all along, didn't you? You let me go through all that and you knew. <clears throat> That's what he says. Yeah, but when like he said that, that I th when he says I went through all that, I presumed he was talking about all the lies he was feeding him about where he'd supposedly been. Not the fact that he'd actually hidden his passport. No, no. Uh, I just, well, similar to what you said, I just, I just took it as um, he knew... This scene now, is it actually going to play to music? Yeah, yes. it's a montage, this bit, isn't it? Of... Ronnie Hazelhurst wrote the um, singing on it. I did a one, two, three, <laughs> So it is, it's Dell going back and forth, all these shops trying to sell these briefcases, and he's going, he's just coming out of a handbag and accessory shop. Do you think um, the, the, the local businesses he's trying to sell them to? Do you think they've just said no because they're not interested or they've actually tried to open it or a bit of both? I think they probably know that if it's coming from Dale Boy, it's probably been stolen, so they probably don't want anything to do with it. He obviously, he obviously sells things. I mean, he's quite, in, you know, in certain episodes, he's quite, they're quite successful. Yeah, I think but news he, travels fast, doesn't it? You know, lots yeah. of people selling bits and pieces. You get the like impression that. that every single shopper there has been offered those before. Yeah, probably. But and that's why tr Trigger ended up buying them because that's that a good point. Like the last yeah. resort. Yeah, I uh, was selling to Trigger, and well, then somehow, which seems a bit weird, that he's then Dale's managed to get them. We're so so like I said, there's a montage of Dale trying to sell the, the uh, suitcases, but we cut to Grandad trying to play against the electronic chess game. Is that there's no relevance to that at all? Is there really? It's just it's just showing that he's a wallet. Yeah. He's trying to play drafts on it. He's yeah, trying to play drafts so. on, a, on a chessboard. But a bit it, like him trying to tune in the Dukes of Hazard on the microwave in a later episode. It does play a part, though, the electronic chess set, doesn't it? Yo, boy. Oh, Rodney. Rodney's back, Dill. Look, he's here. You angry, Rodney? 
starving. I haven't eaten for two days. Shall I cook you something? No, 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 no. Um, cup of tea, perhaps. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, a bit later on where Rodney's telling lies and the chessboard. Exactly, yeah. there you go. Oh, yeah, good point. So that's probably the reason why he's doing it. You can see a shot of the kitchen there. That kitchen cupboard's in it pretty much the whole yeah, series. I was just thinking that. It's... I mean, it's harder to replace your kitchen equipment uh, furniture compared to what's in the living room, I know, but one of the th it's one of the few things that stays the same. Is that paint up there, look? Oh, oh, cans, of, cans of oil, I think. And paint, maybe. So we're going to, in a moment, Rodney's going to walk in, unshaven. He's looking a bit laid back. I think he, he thinks he's got one up on Dell for making him worried for the last week of where he's been. And he hopes, he, I think I, I took it as he hopes that Dell sort of appreciates his value a little bit more. I think Nicholas Lynn has looked so different when he comes in where he's not wearing his normally mm. normal Rod, Rodney outfit. It's the haircut for a start. It just completely better. changes the shape of his face, doesn't it? But he does look really young. Dale, I think Dale's genuinely pleased to see him, to see him come back safe, but obviously he yeah. doesn't want to show it, does he? Because he's, he's got his pride. It's a very funny moment, though, when uh, Rodney gives him a cuddle and his Dale's tea. Knocks his tea all yeah. over himself. Yeah. It's a funny little bit of slapstick, isn't it? Oh, please don't change what? Dale boy's just waiting to get one get one over on Rodney, isn't he? Yeah. See, Dale looks quite fatherly there, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like the way he's dressed. I talk about all his clothes and <laughs> like got wham or something. <laughs> this is the final scene. And there's not there's nothing more to I mean we've had the plot now. Basically, Dell's gonna he's given up to trying to sell the suit, which is quite surprising. Del Boy would, would as he he would um, smell a fiver and a force nine gale, as that's a quote that's much further down the line. He would never give up, he would somehow get Try. Well, what he'll do, he'll sit on them. Like that's why their garage is for so much junk stuff that he's mm. not been able to like. Well, he's chucking them in. The yeah, he throws them in the river. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is the Sorry. thing. May, may, maybe this is a relatively young Dell who would give up easier, easily then. But as he gets older and wiser, he goes, "You know what? No, we'll somehow I'll sort this out." Mm. With this episode there, they do both end up learning from each other, don't they? Because Rodney, as a financial advisor, said, I don't know why you should throw them in the river. And Dale swallowed his pride and realised that they were useless and he does actually throw them away. I mean, in this day and age, you'd be able to get someone to who opened that and you know, rectify the problem, wouldn't you? You'd get a professional safe opener. Opener? Safe opener. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a professional safe opener, please? you get a tank of tin opener. <laughs> you get a professional safe opener to open that and... You know, they, I'm sure they've got to sort it, but yeah. Fair play, this is the first episode of Only Fools and Horses. It's 30 minutes long, and you get a bit of background about their family, mm -hmm. the kind of business Dell's up to, his fashion, what kind of character he is, how Del, um, how Rodney wants to move on in his life. And change the world. Change the world. Um, you know, even met Trigger down the nag's head, so he squeezed a lot in. Yeah, you can learn so much minutes. from this, yeah, can't you, when you look yeah. at it and you analyse it and break it down bit by bit. Yeah. It's like a building block, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Be honest, though. If you, if this was, if we're, if we're in nineteen eighty one, you watch this for the first time, would you be drawn to the next episode? I'd be fifty fifty. I'd be like, would, right. if we were around in nineteen eighty one, would we be having overnights after one episode? Probably not. <laughs> no. Well, we might be having open all hours nights, or we might be having two Ronnie's nights, or whatever. Or um, it's just like I said, it's part yeah. of the building block, isn't it? Yeah. The foundation. The Watchers are intrigued because it's a family. It's a 
family related. A lot of people can relate to it. Eyes down for a full house and we're off and running. Okay, as we've got Tom joining us today, he's just recorded himself a brand new buzzer for the quiz. Let's hear it, yeah? Let's do it, Tom. And let's hear James's. Okay, let's hear your buzzers, guys. Let's, let's hear yours, Tom. James? And, and Ed? Right, figures on the buzzer. Right, here we go. This time, it's got my name written all over it. You're going to make a tally how many we get. Yeah, the win. Who's, who's winning? Not I am. Okay, he's winning. Quiz, the Quizmaster's winning. They haven't got one yet because they've been a bit dirt. No, I didn't rub it in. 2-1-0. <laughs> We've done three podcasts. Oh, in the, uh... Keep a tally with your fingers, guys. How many oh, you get? Okay. <laughs> so, like I mentioned when we were watching the episode, I found it really difficult to find questions for this quiz because we did cover a so some of these ones, some of these questions that I've written down are quite hard, but to a true Ofa fan, they could come across as being easy. So no pressure, Tom. So here we go. This I'm going to start with an easy one. Question one. How old was Rodney in the episode Big Brother? That was Tom. 23. That is the correct answer. Rodney was 23 years old here we go. in Big Brother. Okay, question two. What two what two drinks did Dale order in the first episode? I think that was me, but I, yeah, I think that was Tom. Just being honest. There. <laughs> I think it was two lagers, two half lagers. You're gonna give two me points. half two half. That, yeah, that's right, Tom. Well done, that's two points to Tom. So half point, half point. Look, he's done seventeen <laughs> questions, it would be all night if he had a quibble. Okay, question three. We're not doing all seventeen, are we? He's done 17. Yeah. Oh I'll whiz through them. You've got me up to 10. I know. How long did Rodney last at Basingstoke Art College? Six days. Next. That's the wrong oh, answer, I'm afraid, I Tom. That's the wrong answer, mate. James. Three weeks. Well done, James. That's, uh, that's the correct answer. That's why I thought the question in my head was how long was he run away for? Sorry. Okay, that's my point. You guys are doing quite well so far. Okay, so question four. What excuse did Trigger give Dell to why he was late getting to the pub? I'm not running a corner shop, Dell. Um, Tom. He had, he had, his bus was late. He just made that up. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm afraid that's the wrong answer. I don't know. Can you repeat the question? I certainly can. What excuse did Trigger give Dell to why he was late getting to the pub? This is in the first episode. It's in the first episode. I told you some of these questions are going to be quite hard. You'll, probably, you'll kick yourself. Okay, the answer is, his excuse for being late for meeting Dan at the bar was because he was at his sister's arranging an alibi for next Thursday. Uh, right, fair enough. Next. Question five. What happened to the real trigger? Roy Rogers got after Adam shot. I'm afraid that's the wrong answer. What happened to the real trigger? Yeah. Roy Rogers had him a shot. That's the wrong answer, Tom. Okay. I'm I'm playing playing. I can't wait to hear the answer because that's the quote. Anyway, I got a clue. No, no idea. I believe I believe the um, the quote is Roy Rogers had him stuffed. Ah, uh, because trigger yeah. the horse was actually shot. But that's it. All right, fair enough. Well, <laughs> two one two one zero. Pre one. Presumably, Dale was talking about taxidermy, taxidermy, yeah, Jake. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, 
Question six. This is this is a hard one. It'd be really cool if you guys get this. What calculation did Rodney input into the calculator? Tom? It, the calculation was 25 times... How does he even know this? Uh, eight. Oh my God, that is oh. right. That is amazing. Tom, how on earth did you get that? It's just... That was, that was really good. Okay, question seven. Another, another tough one, but I'm sure Tom will manage it. See, my buzzer is getting further and further away from the microphone at every question. <laughs> Tom's is getting closer. Yeah. What famous British television programme was Grandad watching? I didn't even finish reading the question. Go on, Tom. Guess who's coming to dinner? I'm afraid that's the wrong answer. Yeah, okay, which, uh, let me finish reading the question. Uh, which television programme was Grandad watching in the next scene after Dell? Well, that's completely different. No, you, no, I didn't. You didn't let me finish reading the question. Ed. Paddington Bear. Congratulations, that's the right answer. Three, well done. Three, Good work. One, one. All right, keep remember that so far. Okay, question eight. Which stationer does Dale call to attempt to try and sell the briefcases? Already Tom. He, he's trying to call, he is uh, on the phone to Ginger Ted. I'm afraid that's the wrong answer, Tom. Sorry, can you repeat the question? Yeah, what stationer does Dale call to attempt to sell the briefcases? James. W. Smith. No! <laughs> Not W. Smith. Ed, you got any ideas? Stationer. Stationer. So someone who who owns a stationery shop. Fact. No, no, no. Stuck in the back of my brain there. Okay, it was Dougie Sadler. Mm. Oh, see, I'm not so rain man, mate. Question nine. What colour is Dell's telephone? That was Tom. Well, it's technically it's white with gold outer lines on it. If we're being, if we're being precise. Gold, well, gold's the answer I was looking for. So I might get, do I get a point? Half a point, I think. No, you get a point for being perceptive to pick up that I was it's, say it's gold. gold. Yeah. Well, cream Never one. mind. Okay. One, yeah. Next. Question so ten. We forget that we've got one each and you've got... About 30, yeah. What did the police allegedly plant in Dale Boy's bedroom? Um, he allegedly, they allegedly uh, planted, I don't know. You don't know? No, I was going to say stuff. You don't know? That's a trick. I didn't hear the whole question. What did the police allegedly plant in Dale Boy's bedroom? No idea. Marijuana? Mm, that's the wrong answer, Ed. Marriage or what? I, I told you these questions are quite hard, but you'll be, you'll be kidding yourself when I give you the answer to this one. What was oh. it, Ed? <laughs> <laughs> He's forgot that. Six gas cookers. Oh. Do you remember the scene? No. It rings a bell. <clears throat> Question oh. 11. What colour is Dale's shirt in the first five scenes of Big Brother? Red. Tom, congratulations, you got it right. At that time. That's fine. I've got the last two wrong and I have. Question 12. What game was Grandad attempting to play on his chess set? Drafts. <laughs> There's a delay. I'm sorry. Can <laughs> you read yours? No, 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 no. That's fine. That's fine. All right, that's six of me. Yeah, Next. Tom, congratulations. That's correct. Six four ten minute delay on your first answer. <laughs> okay, question 13. What was Rodney's reason to return home? Tom? Um, he said that he missed home life and he was looking out at the peckham out the window 
it was a bit of a speech, but he essentially missed missed home. I missed that. But what what's what was the reason? Well, he he had to have a passport on him. Sorry, Dilma. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> well, I guess I, I I give it to Tom because he was homesick. Is the reason why he returned. Seven one one. And the last question, question fourteen. Wait, did seventeen? No, it's fourteen. Fourteen. Where did Dell find Rodney's passport? Tom? Under his bed. That's the wrong answer. The uh, the passport was found on top of his wardrobe. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, so, so you, you guys did pretty well there. So well, what were the final was, scores? Was that might as well be left in a mastermind. 711. Tom, who's counting? Hang on, 711 is nine, nine questions. Yeah, but we got loads wrong, didn't we? Yeah, we just feed really oh, right, yeah, skipped a few. You did the math. Remember, we started this quiz now. That was a good quiz, actually, because there's, there's, when I when I try to develop the quiz in the highlight, I've, I've barely come up with it. It's tough. It's, that was a really difficult episode to find questions for, hence why they were so obscure. So would you like yeah, to... I felt uh, like it was a bit one-sided. Yeah, so do I. Tom, you can be the quiz master yeah, next episode, so. if you like. Tom's got ridiculous knowledge. Of the it's, like, it's incredible. No, but I've got loads wrong. Yeah, but hang on. <clears throat> that was above average. That was pretty good. It would be interesting to know how you guys at home listening got on with the quiz. Send us send us a tweet and let us know how many questions you got right out of 14. Did anybody out, genuinely out there manage to beat Tom? I suspect so, because there's four or five that I didn't get right. And if I thought had longer, I might have done, but essentially didn't. Perhaps we could do a prearranged challenge, Tom. One of our listeners could ring up and go head-to-head with Tom. That'd be a really cool idea. If any any of you listeners out there have got good Only Fools and Horses knowledge and who would like to take part in an upcoming quiz for our podcast... Can you beat Tom? Can you beat Tom? Get in touch and we'll arrange some questions and we'll see who the winner is. I don't think anyone can beat Tom. I don't think... I think think there will be people out there who can beat Tom. More importantly, we want to hear what your buzzer would be. Yeah, that's (laughs) familiar. And who can they... Who can they... What's the the Twitter handle, Bailey, for... um, so to get in touch with us at Twitter, it is OFA, OFA underscore podcast. So we're being serious, guys. If any of you like to challenge Tom and, and would be up for a little quiz, get in touch with us and we'll um, whistle out. I wonder if our friend of the show, Andrew Duffy, will be up for it. Ah, and Andy, would, yeah, let us know. Andrew, get in touch. Get in touch with us, mate. And if you were up for a quiz versus Tom, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. We're going to somehow work it's out. It's quite a good dynamic to have a listener every week calling in yeah so it's like listener Ed, you know. yeah if i lose like the first two or three of them, that's the end of that um yeah we'd have to call it the better but i just honestly tom there's no one out there who's got your knowledge. there is honestly that there is it's just that you haven't found them yet i haven't found them yet <laughs> <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't been born yet well when you've got two gcds like me mate it's gonna be tough for anyone to come up with so so let's do that and let's have that set in stone for the next episode we'll find a challenger out there on the interweb Email us, theoforpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us. Ofa underscore podcasts. Yeah, that's the one. Instagram message if they want. Is that right? Yeah, give us a a message on Instagram. James, what's your phone number? We've got some half-priced crack dice and miles and miles of carpet tiles. TVs, deep freezing, David Bowie LBs. Ball games, gold chains, what's the names and elephants from Trevor Francis.
think to myself, what a wonderful world.